tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And you know, we've all heard it sometime or another in our lives, shake it off. You know, you're a toddler, you skin your knee on the sidewalk and mom and dad say, shake it off. Yeah, you miss a shot at the game, shake it off. But you know, once we get to the workplace, once we get into the boardroom, shaking it off is a little harder than what maybe Taylor Swift says, haters gonna hate, but uh, we gotta shake it off. And today we're gonna talk about that with our guest, Betsy Cerullo. Betsy, welcome to the program. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, and we're talking about Shake It Off Leadership. That's the title of Betsy's latest book, Shake It Off Leadership. And the subtitle really grabs me, Betsy, Achieving mm -hmm. Success Through the Eyes of Our Labels. Yes. Walk us through that a little bit. Every person has a label, whatever it is, whether you're in a diverse category or you're not. And in the world that we live now, I, honestly, there's so many labels, I can't even keep up with them all. But, uh, you know, as a woman, we have certainly had from, uh, from a gender perspective, have been considered almost number two, being LGBT, that has its own set, people of color, people who are disabled, I could go down the list. There's a lot of us out there who are really empowered by our labels. And yeah, we've had to fight to push through, but you know what, the, the, this is what the universe gave us and it's up to us to make the best out of it. And I certainly have. I see what you're saying. You know, as a branding guy, I always think about, you know, you want to be labeled as something, your strengths, right? Your yeah. attributes, uh, the things that you want to be remembered by. Uh, sometimes people see labels as negatives, but you're saying, mm -hmm. look, take, take the description and right. make the best of it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we're, we're just hearing so much out there now of things that are unsettling, things that are heartbreaking. And I, and I think Mark and I, you, you and I might be in a similar generation. <laughs> um, life was certainly a lot simpler when we were younger, yet I know that our parents probably were faced with some things going on out in the world that they never thought they would see. So, you know, it, it, my feeling is it's our turn. We're walking through and having to address some things that I thought we already handled. Mm -hmm. But um, sadly, there's a lot of people out there who are afraid of anyone who looks different than they are, and there's people that sadly are driven by hate. And if people would just let go of the hate, we would all get along so well, mm -hmm. so well. When you cover this in your book, I'm sure, the, uh, the idea that you should shake off these labels, like somebody, somebody calls you something, somebody denigrates your work, somebody mm -hmm. you know, doesn't uh, recognize your achievements or performance, you know, shake it off and keep moving forward. But mm -hmm. a lot of people would say, yeah, but if you don't speak up, if you don't push back, you know, they're going to keep doing it. How do you find that balance? Well, it, when I say shake it off, it's not that I ignore it or deny it. I shake off the feelings and the angst, and I'm a work in progress. I shake off the feelings and the angst that at a different, in my younger days, might have really just held me back. 
and I, I speak up, but I speak up in a way to shift or, or, or interrupt the behavior. So I'm not ignoring it. I'm just, you know, like I am my shaking it off is I'm not going to let that person's feedback or that situation stop me from being the best that I can. So I have to shake it off. But there was a time, you know, whether it was in my youth or my earlier days in business where I would never question the authority. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't because, uh, you know, you have to play nice in the sandbox or you have to, you, you don't question authority. That's how I was raised. But, you know, as I got more and more into business and saw how I would see behaviors occur that really felt inappropriate, I was like, heck no, I'm challenging it. Very good. Well, and listeners, the context of this, you know, creativity podcast, mm-hmm. you know, Bet- Betsy is also an entrepreneur. You're the CEO yeah. of AdNet and AccountNet. Uh, how does this principle sort of leverage itself for somebody who's trying to make a career move, somebody who's trying to maybe present their you know, skills, their resume, their background in the best light? When, you, when people are looking for, let's say in a new career and they're submitting resumes through whatever portal or you're passing your resume off to someone, um, job descriptions don't always portray the full picture of what an organization wants. So, you know, the rule of thumb is 20% is technical, but 80% is really the the gelling, the personality. So not that, you know, if something is a highly, let's say a highly technical engineer, of course you have to have that specific experience. But if you come to the interview process and you don't portray yourself well, or there just isn't a, a good mesh between the employer and you, it's out the window, no matter how many credentials you have. So, you know, from, from um, folks that are younger in their careers, or people that are in transition, you may have a dream of where you want to see yourself. You you may not necessarily submit your resume or toss your hat into the ring if you have no experience, but if you can stand and make a good case for, uh, I guess, translating previous skills or current skills to something in the future, you, you, you take a chance. Don't let that hold you back. Does that, does that make sense? I think so. And I think maybe using our the word that we've been talking about label, you know, if you let that be a limitation, it sounds mm-hmm. like, then you're just, you know, uh, owing back to, uh, you know, somebody else's label or description. But if you leverage that um, and put it in the best light, mm-hmm. I, I like your word translate, you know, can you yes. connect your, your skills to what the job is? Yes. So, you know, I, I would like to just highlight stay-at-home parents, whether male or female, there there is still that stigma if someone has been a stay-at-home parent and they're trying to get back in the workplace, they're almost dumbed down because they've been out of the workforce. I can tell you that a stay-at-home parent has incredible multitasking skills they have a commitment and a loyalty. Now that will will may have to be trained or retrained or whatever the skill is, but the commitment, handling stress, rolling with whatever. I'm telling you, p- parents have these amazing skill sets that that are not always 
really highlighted in a workplace. So if, if, a, if you're looking for this special type of person that it's really about the, I'd say the fiber of what they bring to the team versus they know Excel, they know this program, they know that program, you're, you're missing the boat. Mm-hmm. Because when the team gels, everybody grows together, you know, and the skill sets, yeah, they have to have some skill sets, but certain tasks can be taught. Like I'll say, for instance, you and I, you and, you and I may not have a specific skill, but because of the breadth of experience that we have had, we can probably come to something with the critical thinking to, to, complete the task in some way, shape or form. It doesn't mean that I'm not freaked out sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, I've never handled this before. But the (laughs) challenge of learning something new at my stage in my career, I am all over it. Mm -hmm. I like the word fiber. (laughs) You you do think about it, no matter what the skill is, the character of the person is still the same. Yeah, I I would like to think uh, if I didn't know Excel, which don't put me in an Excel (laughs) task. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but I'd like to think the team you know, could work it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also talk about uh, people that uh, overcome these labels with what you quoted as fire in the belly, yes. you know, and I think about the workplace, uh, the marketplace now, mm-hmm. you know, where there really is demand for people. Maybe, yes, they have to have skill, as you said, but where does the fire in the belly come in? Obviously, fire starts really starts at the the beginning of how we are shaped and developed in our lives. But I can tell you when the doors and the windows have been slammed on me in my career, that has put the fire in my belly. When I'm told no with a customer or with some kind of um, venture that I or or process that I want to create for me. The door isn't closed. It's no for now. And I have to think up of another approach to get the attention that I need to be able to move this initiative forward. So sometimes I think the best revenge is success Hmm. in business. So if you've been pushed down, um, and I know from the 2008 recession, my company took a huge hit. I was 14 years younger, um, lost a lot of uh, money in the company, personal, personal finances to rebuild. But I can tell you what I learned from that setback gave me so much fire. That's what moved me to have our company be a federal contractor. So, you know, today we're, we're in a position of strength with the work that we have. I learned how to focus the business on on customers that were, you know, we hope that certain industries are recession proof. So, you know, from from being held back or 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 knocked to my knees, I learned I got stronger. Well, thanks for sharing uh, those experiences from 2008. Because a lot of people would say maybe you're a more recent success. Mm. And they'd say, geez, uh, Betsy, that's easy for you to say. You've been the women-owned business of the year for three mm-hmm. years. You know, your, your community, your city magazines recognize you. But uh, maybe they don't know uh, what, what lies behind. No, and I, and I think for, for a lot of us that are established and even the way social media portrays, people only see 
the success and the awards. Like last week, my company just won 2002 um, Maryland SBA Woman Owned Small Business of the Year. I can tell you, it took a lot to get to that point. It took a lot of sacrifice. So, so, so really the part of the reason why I wrote the book was to be able to, to, to demonstrate that, okay, here's where I am now in my career. Here's my, where my company's at, but we certainly had to go through, and I had to go through a lot of change, a lot of tears, a lot of transformation to get to this point. Business is not for the faint of heart i'll say you know you, you you have to be resilient you have to be resilient for sure well and you mentioned being a federal contractor there may be listeners who are contemplating that direction mm -hmm. uh any any insights uh, experience advice that you would have for them yes there's there's two particular entities that i found really helpful it's called the p every state has a ptac a procurement technical assistance center and a small business development center so usually if you go to sba.gov you you get to these resources or your state uh, small business economic development resource center and they they give a lot of free workshops or low cost workshops that people can learn how to get into government contracting. The reason why it took me almost 20 years to get into the game, because my company is 32 years now, is it felt daunting. But once you get in, you're in. And there's a lot of ways that you can go. So I relied on experts through these training centers to teach how to do it. So yeah. I, I highly recommend that there's so many free resources out there. So sure, you can go pay a consultant five, 10 grand plus, but there's a lot of free resources for small businesses. Yeah, those are good resources to list. I'll be sure to put them in the show notes, uh, listeners, mm -hmm. so you can uh, you know, make yourself uh, available to those. Mm -hmm. Well, Betsy, as we're talking about creativity, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the other side of your creativity. We've been talking about the business book, but what about this great fun book called Miss Crabapple and her magical violin? Yes. Well, that evolved from a story that I told my oldest granddaughter when she was about six years old. So she's 23 now. And Saturday nights, because she would stay with us uh, on some weekends, she'd want a story. So I just made something up out of thin air. And when I came downstairs, I said to my wife, I said, I just told Alyssa a pretty darn good story. I need to go write it down. <laughs> so it sat for a, a long time. And then I guess within the past couple of years, I, I took it out and I got it published. So I, I love to write children's stories. I'm just about done with, a, with another one, The Adventures of Tootsie the Spider. So I need to bring that one to completion because I find that writing writing children's stories it's just pure imagination it's pure fun it takes me out of my left brain over to the right side and it's it's fun so you know i i love to read some children's stories because the like uh when when my uh father-in-law passed away and we cleaned out his house he had a um, hardy boys remember the hardy boys oh books? yeah yeah so we took them and every so often I'll pull out a Hardy Boys book and my wife will chuckle. I can't believe you're reading that. And I said, but it's, they're good stories and they're simple and they're well-written. Yeah. Good constructs. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I love in the description of this book, you say, when you put children together with music, only magic can happen. Mm -hmm. What What mm -hmm. is it about music? And I mean, we say children, but I think it's a good ingredient for a lot of, uh, you yeah. know, you know, teams, a lot of groups, a lot of fun. Absolutely. When you think of music, when music plays, a lot of people tend to, if the, if the music moves them, they want to dance, they want to tap their feet, they want to snap their fingers. When a good song comes on, people smile. When you go to a concert, it's pure joy. There is there's just such wonderful things about music. And when kids are discovering how to play instruments, and I realize that sometimes it stops, starts with the pots and pans, it may not sound nice to us, but when you see your kids or your grandkids starting to you know, create their own music, it might be loud, but it's, a, it's joyful because they're smiling as they're beating on, <laughs> on everything. Like, there's, there's only good that comes from it, only good. Yes. Well, let's circle that back around then to our basic concept we've been talking about overcoming mm -hmm. labels or shaking it off. You know, what sort of, I guess, practical ideas could you offer our listeners that say when you're faced with one of these label challenges, how do you shake it off? Well, I'm going to point, point the listeners to my website, BetsyCerullo.com. There is a free download there and it's a work, it's a workbook and it actually takes you through some exercises that would address some of these things. You know, it, um, one of the exercises is really to ask you some questions on who are you, um, write down your labels, write down your greatness, uh, talk about your workplace and, and create some plans. So, so that might be a, a, a good, you know, uh, tangible tactical resource for the listeners to get their hands on quickly because I, I find that some of my best designing and thinking is pen and paper mm -hmm. you know write it down and some people like to do it on on uh, digitally whatever it takes if you allow yourself that free flow uh you know a lot of wisdom can come out of that yeah i love the word flow because mm -hmm. that's where the good stuff is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. All right. Well, be sure to visit BetsyCirillo.com. Well, Betsy, as we look ahead, uh, you mentioned one uh, children's book you'd like mm -hmm. to, to work on. What else is going on with you creatively? And how do you see things over the horizon now? Well, I have another book um, that I'm starting. So I, I really like stories. So what I want to do is to create leadership fables that tell a story. And I have, uh, I have read different books like that. I haven't really seen them where the authors are women. So I'd like to take some of my work experiences and put them into a fable, you know, a shorter book for people to be able to, uh, to read. Because I, I find that those corporate fables are, are quite interesting and uh, they're, they're easy reads and, and, they're, and I've learned a lot from them. Mm -hmm. And as you promote other small businesses, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the roles that you have as a co-founder of the Maryland LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Yes. You know, how do you promote other people and their creativity and give them a spotlight? It's really passing the torch. 
uh, the chamber, and I'm also uh, a, a founder with a, with a group of the Maryland LGBT Foundation, which is our 501c3 arm of the chamber. So we, we really look at emerging businesses, younger entrepreneurs, to teach them the skills to come to the table to create their own wealth. So that's almost the concept of you take a blank, a, a, a blank piece of paper and, and design, you know, like an artist would, artists would take a blank canvas, you design. And so we're, we're teaching youth and, and new business owners how to build their businesses. You know, those of us that are established, how do we take those who are the up and coming and push them to the front of the line? How do we bring them on our contracts for them to get exposure? So it's, it's collaboration. And to me, that kind of business collaboration, it's a craft. It, to me, it's an art. And that's the way I like, you know, my wife and my son are amazing artists. And I think, gosh, I'm not an artist. And then over the years, I thought, yes, I am. My craft and my art is business. So good. Mm -hmm. Well, Betsy, what a pleasure talking with you today. I've really enjoyed it. Same here, Mark. We've learned so much. And listeners, I, I guess I've heard a lot about sort of a past, present, and future cadence here. You know, to learn from the past and all your experiences, but maybe embrace uh, or shake off some labels. But I mean, embrace your strengths and leverage them. And then this idea of looking to the future, your own creative work and what's to come, but also how to elevate and, you know, uh, spotlight new up and coming entrepreneurs. Betsy, it's just been a terrific conversation. Same here, Mark. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. And listeners, come back again. We're going to continue our around the world journey. We've stopped in Baltimore today, but we'll stamp our passports and places all around the world to talk to creative practitioners about how they come up with ideas, but also how they organize those ideas and ultimately how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. Hey, it's Alora Lovelight, and if you're enjoying Unlock Your World of Creativity, make sure to check out my new show, The Alora Show, on Roku and Amazon Fire TV.